early on the morning of the wedding itself, one of Mr. Abraham's servants came banging on my door and told me, Chris, you're invited to the wedding. Are you going to be there? Do you like weddings? Do you like weddings? (laughs) Probably not at the moment. Yeah, not too free. But we love weddings, don't we? All that dressing up, all that great food, a church ceremony, can be a time of great joy, as well as a fantastic day out. But today, just before our reading, I want to share with you a wedding that I went to some time ago. It didn't go that well. In fact, as far as I was concerned, it went very badly. See, when I was a young man in my early 20s, working in a foreign country far from here, actually in the Middle East, I received a wedding invitation, just like this. It was great. Me and my friend Daniel, we both worked in an office that sold mail-order computer parts. Business was okay in those days. It was a bit cutthroat, you know how it is, anything for a sale. But that's how it is in business. That's how it is today. We both got invited. We were both amazed. Because this wasn't just any wedding. This was the wedding of Joshua and Abigail, the two most important people living in our town. They were getting married, and Joshua was the only son of old Mr. Abrams, the guy who owned the factory, and the guy who, well, pretty much owned everything in our town. He was very rich, Abrams. We had known about the wedding for months. Everyone knew about it. It was pretty much the only topic of conversation in the street, in the pub, anywhere. Everybody's talking about the wedding. Everyone wanted to know where the service would be, what kind of reception it would be, what the cars would be like, the dress, and of course, who was going to get an invitation? Who would actually get to go? Well, it kept us going for months, I tell you, in gossip. Funny thing is, me and Danny, my mate... We didn't get the formal invitations, the ones that went out first. No, they went out six or seven months before the wedding, and we didn't get one. Didn't expect to get one. I mean, Danny and me, we're not that important, we're not well off. We didn't really know them. Why would they invite us? But actually, it turns out a lot of people in our town were invited, but many of them bailed out at the last minute. It's just mad. The local councillor, the head teacher, the minister of the church, the guy who owned the big supermarket, they all accepted the wedding invitation. But when it came to it, when it came to the wedding, they all started to drop out. It was like a stack of dominoes going over. One after another, all saying, oh, I've just bought a house and I've got too much to do. Another one saying, I've just bought some land, I need to go and see it. One even said, well, I've just got married myself, I can't come. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, let's get back to the story. So, on the morning of the wedding itself, one of Mr. Abraham's servants came knocking on my door and saying, Chris, you're invited to the wedding. Will you be there? Will I be there? The biggest social event in our town in 20 years. I'll be there. Now, it was an afternoon, evening event. And I still had a day's work to do. So I needed to organise myself pretty quickly. 
I didn't manage to read my Bible or pray that morning because obviously there wasn't time. Well, often there wasn't time in those days. I lead such a busy life, you know. It's not easy just spending time with God and all that when you've got a busy job going on. But God understands that. He knows that I've got important things to do and that I mean well. So anyway, I got dressed, up, got dressed quickly and went to work. Couldn't wait to tell my mate I'd got an invitation that day. I more or less ran the two miles all the way into town, down the main street, just off, turn off just before the bus station. That's where you'll find our offices. Well, as usual, I'm afraid, outside on the street in front of our office, there was that old couple, homeless couple. They live on the street, you know, and they've been outside my office every day these past two months. She looks like she hasn't washed for a month of Sundays. And he, well, he smells. I mean, not just like not washed kind of smell, but real kind of not been to the toilet kind of smell. It's pretty horrible, disgusting. Thing is, I do care. I do. And I was going to talk to them. I was going to maybe get them a sandwich or a cup of tea. But it just wasn't time. There never was time. So basically, held my nose and got past them without looking at them directly. Well, that's when I got the second surprise of the day. Because somebody else in my office had been invited. It was me and Danny and Joseph. We'd all got invitations. All junior sales guys in the office. Why were they inviting us? And they looked pleased with Punch as well. What an event it was going to be. Well, that day flew by, as you can imagine. We got through our work like nobody's business. We just couldn't stop thinking about the big party, the party of the decade that evening. At one point during the day, I did get a couple of texts from my mum. Her dementia is getting worse now. She wanted me to call to talk about something or other. But I didn't get a chance that afternoon to call her back straight away. I can always do it tomorrow after the wedding. Well, after I've recovered from the wedding, probably late tomorrow afternoon. Anyway, it's never that important with mum. Finally, we finished work for the day. And then I realised something. I haven't brought my wedding suit. You see, in our culture in the Middle East, guests, even the guests at a wedding, all dressed in white. That's just what we do. That's just what we do in our culture. But I had to go straight from work that day and it would have been very inconvenient and to go home first and there wasn't time anyway. So anyway, my clothes would be okay, a bit grubby, but they'd be okay. And Danny and Joseph, anyway, they said, there'd be so many people to look at, no one's going to notice me. So what difference would it make if one person didn't manage to wear the right thing? Anyway, finally, we got there, we got to the venue. It was a fantastic sight, I tell you. The bride and the groom, Joshua and Abigail, looked absolutely stunning. Radiant, both of them. And it was the most beautiful service I've ever seen. Just somehow glorious. And the food afterwards, 11 courses, just out of this world. I tell you, you won't believe it. I was bowled over by every course. Canapes, tasters, sorbet, and then the starter. Yeah? 
I kept thinking, this must be the last course. I better eat as much as I can. But then another one would come, and then another one. The main course was the most succulent lamb, the most delicately spiced lamb, the most fragrant lamb, with the most tasty herbs I'd ever tasted. Just the fragrance of the spices coming off the place, it, it was beautiful. It was, it was like a heavenly banquet. But you know, to be honest, when I wasn't busy stuffing myself, I, I mean, when I wasn't busy dining, it was a kind of a strange scene that evening. I looked around at the guests, and it seemed to me that everyone who was somebody wasn't there. And everybody who was nobody was there, including me. Some people you would ex have expected to be there, dignitaries, landowners, they weren't there. Even our local minister wasn't there. Well, didn't understand that. And to be honest, a few people you would have thought would never get an invitation, they were there. There was a, it was a real mix of the bad and the good. Like, there was Elisha, just come out of jail. He was there. And then there was Ruth, married and divorced three times. She was there. And of course, Tamar and her kids. She's never been married, but she's certainly seen enough men. Even she was there. Anyway, back to more important matters. Food. So, <clears throat> we got on to the desserts. And I was there, I think, I, I reckon, to eat, drink and be merry. The courses just kept on coming. You know, there was three different desserts. Can you believe that? Three different desserts. I was just trying to choose between a passion fruit cheesecake with ice cream or chocolate roulade or meringues with clotted cream. How can you choose? And then this lovely angelic waitress just leaned over politely and smiled and said, you can have all of them. You can have all three. I looked at her with my mouth wide open. And she added, and don't worry, nothing here has any calories. What? <laughs> what kind of place am I, am I in, I thought. Didn't understand that comment. Anyway, no problem with three, three courses, three desserts. And then there was the cheese board. Cheese and wine from all over the world. And the wine was exquisite. Not that kind of stuff we get at the supermarket at Sainsbury's. It was, like, it was like no wine I'd ever had. It was out of this world. Must have been imported specially from somewhere or other. And at what cost? The whole event must have cost thousands and thousands. After all that came the bands and the music. What a, what a memorable evening. All the old songs and dances that we'd known since we were kids. And the musicians were so sensitive to the mood, the pace, the drama of each song. We danced when they said dance. We sang when they said sang, sing. And we listened when they sang us a story. It was beautiful. Just a beautiful, divine evening. And so I did look outside and I noticed it was starting to get dark. In fact, it looked like there was a storm coming in. You know, where we live in the wintertime, we get these sudden storms that come out of the, de the desert. They call it an eastern tempest. First of all, the wind whips up the sand into a sandstorm, sand biting at your face. 
And then you just can't see anything. And then you get the rain, torrential, unremitting rain. And it could go on for hours. But anyway, not my problem. Inside the great hall, this great banquet, it was pure light, radiant light, laughter, singing, and dancing. Well, later in the evening, me and my friend Danny, we were just enjoying a quiet drink in the corner. In the corner of the conservatory, you know, away from the noise of it all, just relaxing, just chatting about life, the world, anything and nothing. And how fortunate we'd been and how amazed we still were that we'd been invited to this wedding banquet. And I started thinking, and I started explaining to Danny that from the Bible, that perhaps old Mr. Abrams, the groom's father, perhaps he was trying to teach us a lesson that day. What do you mean? said Danny. Well, I said, I've read something about this in the scriptures. You know, it's not who you are in this world that really counts. It doesn't matter if you're a politician or a poor man. It doesn't matter if you're the town governor or the town beggar. What counts is what you do with the invitation that you get. What do you do with the invitation? Go on, said Danny, looking a bit puzzled. Well, I said, some people like the head teacher, the counsellor, even the minister. They were invited months ago. But when it came to them, none of them showed up. They pretended to be interested. They said they were interested in the invitation. They even accepted the invitation. But when it came to it, they all had better things to do. They didn't show up. I see, said Danny. Whereas you and me, now we might not be the people you'd ex- who'd expect a formal invitation. When we got our invitations, we showed up good and proper. Exactly, I said. The elite have excluded themselves, but the outcasts are included. The tables are turned, see? That's what you do with God's invitation that counts, you see. That's the lesson he's trying to teach us tonight. Now, you know, it does feel good to be right sometimes. A little bit smug, but what's wrong with a little bit of smugness anyway? I was right. It's nice to know when you've been picked, when you've been chosen, when you're the elect. It's nice to know when you've done the right thing. But just then, we were interrupted. Who should come to our table? but Mr. Abrams himself. The father of the groom, the man whose hospitality we were enjoying, and of course, the great man who'd invited us all. He was, thinking back, he was at the same time fierce and yet a kindly looking man. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes, somehow, were like flames of fire. He was dressed in a white robe with a golden sash. And he looked not old, but yet somehow ancient. As Mr. Abrams had a razor-sharp mind, I'd been told by other people. He'd never spoken with me before. Why would he? But he smiled at both of us, showing gentle wrinkles spreading across his face and making him look somehow incredibly knowing and incredibly wise. He had deep-set eyes, almost black now, but his smile seemed to vanish when he started to speak to us. How are you doing, gentlemen? He said. 
may I join you for coffee? Mr. Abraham's voice was deep and yet somehow soft. He didn't have to speak very loud. His was the kind of voice that made you lean forward and listen. Have you worked out what you're doing here? He continued. He looked at me and somehow seemed to look right into me. Ah, I stammered, then pulling myself together. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I know what's happened. You're trying to teach us all a lesson, sir. What might that lesson be? He went on. Well, I said, slightly uncomfortable, but secretly pleased that I should be the one to demonstrate my Bible knowledge in front of the great man. And something like this. I believe it's something that happened in a parable in our scriptures, I told him. I hesitated while Mr. Abrams poured himself a fresh coffee, waiting for his confirmation, but none came. So I continued, and then I explained to Mr. Abrams himself my theory, basically that all the high-up people who were invited to the wedding, to this kingdom wedding, they all looked like they were interested, they all accepted the invitation, but in the end, they all excluded themselves by not showing up. Whereas in our case, I continued, although we might be the least important people in this town, when we heard the invitation to this banquet, we did respond. We did the right thing. We showed up. So, I continued to Mr. Abrams, it's not who you are that counts, sir. It's what you do the invitation. That's that's what counts, isn't it, sir? Mr. Abrams looked up slowly from stirring his coffee. Well, that's the first part, he said. I was confused. First part. And I must have looked confused because he carried on speaking to me. It's not just about getting invited. It's not just about getting your foot in the door. It's not just about that. It's about continuing to do the right things that are expected of you. He looked at me again. You're not even wearing the right clothes, are you? Look at everyone else, and then look at your clothes. I tried and tried, but I I couldn't think of anything to say. Suddenly, I started to feel ashamed. But Mr. Abrams, my clothes aren't perfect. They might be a bit grubby, but, but I accepted the invitation, and I'm here. I came. That's what counts, isn't it? That's faith, isn't it? What counts even more... He went it on. He went on. Is what you do after you've accepted the invitation. It's not just faith I'm interested in. It's faithfulness. And I've had my eye on you for some time. I've seen how you're living. What do you mean? What did he mean? This wasn't going well. But all I could do was sit there and listen. All those times I needed your help. You walked right past me. All those times I needed a visit or a drink, you ignored me. Well, hang on, what's he talking about? My head was spinning. Sir, I, never, I would never ignore you. When did I do that? When did I see you needing a drink or needing a visit? Don't you remember? That old couple, for example, who had nowhere to go, were sleeping on your doorstep. Well, you won't have to ignore them anymore. They both passed away, one this morning, the other late this afternoon. 
That was me. When you ignored them, you ignored me. And they're not the only ones you've been ignoring, were they? He went on. This was not going well. Every time you cheated someone or lied, I knew. All those times you meant to pray. All those times you said you would spend time with, with, with the word. And even your mother, who doesn't have long now, you couldn't even call her back this week. These are things you should have stuck to, things you should have done. Not perfectly. I don't expect you to be perfect, but I expected, I hoped, you would do, you would do the right thing sometimes. It's not just faith. It's faithfulness. It's not just what you believe. It's what you do with your belief. Well, the bottom was dropping out of my world, but I didn't know what to say, so he just carried on. The people you see here tonight, you've already seen, they're a real mix of the bad and the good, aren't they? They're not perfect. Some of them are not even good. Some of them are poor. All of them are poor in spirit, poor in their understanding. But theirs is the kingdom. They've decided to try to live their lives differently. Not everybody who recognizes me and says, Sir, Sir, Lord, Lord, will enter my kingdom. But only the one who does my will. You see, many are invited, but only a few are chosen. I felt terrible. I felt, I felt kind of just exposed, like my whole life was out there on the table. I did try once more. Sir, Sir, Mr. Abrams, I meant to do something for that couple, and I would have done something, and I would have called my mother. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. But you never did, did you? He interrupted. It's not just about accepting the invitation. It's what you do. Don't take the kingdom of God lightly as if it's yours and you have a right to be here. If you want to belong, you need to change. You still have time. There's not much time, but you still have time to change. And if you change on the inside, if you change the things you do, people will see the difference on the outside. Like, like you're wearing bright white wedding clothes. couldn't think of anything else to say. His words, you still have time, but not much time, were spinning in my head. And then suddenly, I don't know how, suddenly I realized I was outside. I walked home alone, just thinking. It was dark. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner 
My oxen and fatted cattle have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, ill-treated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Many invited, but few are chosen. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for saving us from our sin and its consequences through sending your son to die in our place and through him forgiving us for what we have each done wrong. Thank you for inviting each of us to join the greatest celebration ever in heaven in honor of your son, Jesus. Help us, Lord, in the meantime, through your Holy Spirit, to live lives worthy of our calling, obeying you and doing as well as believing the right thing. Helping those in need and acting justly, loving mercy and walking humbly with you, God, all the days of our life. Forgive us, Lord, when we fall short and don't reflect you to the extent we should in how we behave and live. In Jesus' name, amen.